Rogue Radio. Now available on Mixcloud at mixcloud.com forward slash rogue country. Keep it rogue. Hey guys, today's podcast is always brought to you by Rogue Country and Rogue Radio. They're such a fucking good, you know, support group, place to find new artists, radio show, featured artists, YouTube videos, and it's a great place. If you love Roots music, you have to be part of Rogue Country and wrote, listen to Rogue Radio. They're so great. And today we are also brought to you by Podbean's affiliate program. They emailed me and I managed to get part of this thing where if you would like to set up your own podcast because you can't have too many everyone's voice should be heard and if you have opinions and ideas and creativity you should be able to express it so if you head over to podbean.com forward slash into the van you can go through and if you sign up with that link you get one month free to uh, yeah set up your podcast start hosting and start doing your own thing Today's podcast is also always brought to you by me and my record, The Next Life. I'm super fucking proud of this record. I've told you a million times. And it's just something that I keep harping on about because, one, we're in a lockdown, so I can't really promote anything else. I can't tour. I can't really gig. So, you know, the record that I brought out in August is the hill I'm dying on until the foreseeable future. And I'm happy with that. That's the record I poured everything into. I'm super proud of it. And, you know, it's nine tracks that took me, you know, like five years to write. And you don't realize for your debut album, that's a lot of ideas and touring and gigging and bad shows and good shows and heartache that go into this like funnel and filter. And that's your first record. And that first record for me is The Next Life. So I'm going to drop a preview in now. to the full thing you can go to my band camp you can go to mike333west.com you can get a digital copy we've got white vinyl we've got a gatefold lp which is just fucking gorgeous we've got cd and yeah it's also one of those streaming services as well so it's entirely up to you i don't care where you listen to it as long as you do and i hope you guys are doing well i've had a weird week i got the um, covid vaccine i'm recording on the 27th of january today and i got the vaccine last thursday And it put me on my ass Friday. And then Saturday I was kind of recovering and I was editing podcasts. And I started editing this 
and I went to sleep instead because it fucked me up for a while. So I hope you're staying out there and you're staying healthy. And if you are getting the vaccine, you're taking the time to chill, take some paracetamol, put your feet up. Don't be doing anything too strenuous. I really hope you're taking care of yourself. And that kind of leads me on to today's podcast. It is with Charlie Marie, who's a phenomenal country singer from Providence, Rhode Island in the States. And this is a really open and honest conversation that I really enjoyed and it hit a new depth i think for this podcast and it's all thanks to you know charlie's openness and honesty and talking about things and i'm a huge fan of her i love her eps i can't wait to see what she does with this new record and this was a really fun chat to talk about songwriting you know in the actual you know down in the trenches writing it but also you know the more existential reasons behind songwriting and I think this is really fucking fun talk, and I really hope you enjoy it. So, without further ado, this is episode 24 of Into the Van with Mike West and Charlie Murray. Welcome to Into the Van with me, Mike West. Cool. So, we're rolling now. Thank you so much for joining me and are you currently based i know you grew up in providence rhode island are you still based around there now uh yeah so i still live in rhode island i lived in nashville um for about six years like a while back but i moved home probably around five years ago um Mm. and i've just been yeah based in new england oh cool and with like your background because i i don't really know providence because that's where hb lovecraft it was i remember being a fan of his when i was younger and um, what was kind of your like background? Because I know you song Countryside. It's like everywhere has that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. vibe and scene. But what was your influences growing up? So growing up, um, I was introduced to Patsy Cline. Um, mm. She was like the first country artist that I got, got really interested in. Um, my grandmother basically took me to the, to the strawberries which was like a local CD store. And like we, we purchased um, the Patsy Klein CD. And yeah, so that's, that's where my, my love for country music mm. started. But then also when I was younger, my sister and I, we would go horseback riding and like all when we would drive to, you know, to the barn, we would always listen to, to country music um, then also. So I feel like just as a child, just listening to country music is how I really got into it. Um, and it was always different because I remember in school, like everyone thought it was weird because I listened to country music, mm. but I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. And I, it was just different. It told, I feel like it, uh, taught you about life in a sense, mm. you know, it didn't just show, um, the positive things about life, but it also showed you the pain. Mm. And I guess that's kind of like one of the reasons why I really like country music. Oh, cool. And like, did you gravitate to any other styles? Cause it seems to be a lot of people like grow up on country music and then step away from it for a bit. I know this seems to be like a trend, like myself included of, you know, rock or metal artists who had that kind of metal period in their teens or early twenties and then kind of shifted back to country as it is a more open and honest way of like storytelling and songwriting. Yeah. So for me, like I always kind of stuck with country, but like I grew up listening to like you know, light rock, like Bob Seger was my mom's favorite artist. So like as a child, like she burned out the greatest hits, like tape, like the cassette, Mm. like she would just play that all the time. And like, I grew up listening to the Eagles as well. But for me, um, I definitely felt myself drifting to actually pop country. So Mm. like when I moved to Nashville, I 
wanted to be on the radio. And so like, I just was focusing on writing songs again to like help me make it, help me be yeah. like a, a radio star. And then in chasing that, I realized that that wasn't something I actually wanted to do. It was just me trying to like fit in. And so then that's when I like went back to my, the classic country roots. Cause that's mm. when I realized that's what I really wanted to do that. I didn't want to just be like everybody else. Yeah, no, so. that makes sense. And I think it's important to like, when you see like you held up like a mirror of yourself and you're in the middle of something that you kind of like, catches you off guard and you realize that that wasn't what you were happy doing and stuff. Was there a particular moment when you were in Nashville? Was it like a certain song you were writing or was it just a certain vibe you got that you realized that it wasn't fulfilling you in an artistic way? Well, I think the thing is, is when you write songs, especially in Nashville, you usually co-write. And mm. there's like a couple songs that you write that you like feel like are special and, and resonate with some sort of truth. And so that's for me what made me realize that I wanted to continue to write songs like that. And so for me, again, it always gravitates towards like a classical yeah. or a more classic sound for me. Um, but when I actually wrote, I wrote uh, 40 Miles from Memphis with, Cindy Morgan and I feel like when I we I had that session like kind of an epiphany went off in my head and I felt like that's where I wanted my sound to gra continue to gravitate mm. towards that that sound um but but yeah I guess again it's just for me it's just been basically about taking opportunities that have been presented to me mm. And trying to get as much as I can out of them. So like that, that writing session, I remember like, you know, any session that you go into, you never know which one's going to be the session. Mm. So like, yeah, you can turn down co-writes. I've turned them down. Um, people have turned down co-writes with me, but like, you just never know what's going to happen. And that, that one day I feel like was a turning point for me. And so, yeah, like just, again, like just taking chances and continuous continuously opening doors and not knowing what's behind them is kind of been my approach. And I've just been following the journey. Like, I don't like, I try to be strategic and I try to have goals, but at, you know, like a lot of times that doesn't end up working out. Life shows me where yeah. I need to go. Yeah, definitely. There's like a public enemy album where it's like man plans, God laughs. And I always kind of think that that's <laughs> yeah. the most appropriate thing in the world is just, it's all random. And if you can kind of just guide the way you're falling then you'll do all right, I guess. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've been like realizing too. Like, you know, the whole time I've been trying to like chase the stream of, you know, like continuously putting out music. I, it feels good. And that's the thing. Like, so I, I am putting out a record in May. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So May 7th is when that's going to be released. And I have like a couple of singles coming out. So I have a single coming out in February at the end of the month. Um, but that like really helped me. It kind of saved me in a sense. Cause like, I didn't see, you know, foresee any of, you know, the times and just having that record to listen to for me mm -hmm. to listen to during this period has been very helpful, but it was, again, it's just very interesting how it all happened now, like how yeah. everything always falls into place. And it's just really interesting 
and ironic. But I don't know if I answered your question. I might have went off and no, went around some curves. So sorry no, if I did that. <laughs> no, that's that's the best thing. That's what I really wanted to do with podcasts. I don't know if like because I'm a musician as well, where I have like radio interviews and you know magazines where it's just kind of snippets. But the thing that I love about this podcast is you can go off on tangents and you can just kind of like you know go all around the houses for an answer and that's the best thing about that so please feel free to just keep elaborating on any uh, answers you use once okay cool <laughs> <laughs> but um, with where you are now is there a like a country scene there or do you have to travel through the states or to get to gigs or things what's it kind of like where you are now so right now, like there really isn't any live music at all in New England. So I, I've heard that there's like live music now in the South. So yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking when the records around the, the time of the record release, like I think I'm probably just going to start working on like getting some shows together and try to get like a tour together because mm. that's the other thing. It's like, I don't really want to wait around anymore like we've you know everybody's been waiting around and it's like i just want to kind of start playing live shows again so yeah if that's what they're doing down south i probably mm. should go down south and start doing it because yeah in new england i just think it's been it's just been different and i think live music is important in new england but it's it's i think it's more of a staple in other states i'm yeah. um, pre-covid so, was there a country scene or a root scene where you are um there's kind of more of a blue scene in Boston. Uh, mm. There are some places, though, that like country, like most places are um, open to listening to live music. Um, so I guess here it's not based on like a, a genre. It's more just based on live music. So typically, like, yeah, we have like a lot of live music available at like fairs and festivals and breweries and restaurants. But all of that stuff has just been like yeah. messed with. I'm with like playing down south and stuff and you obviously were in Nashville. Have you noticed like differences between the states or the venues you've played like in different towns? Yeah, I've noticed. So like if I do play in like southern states, I feel like people respond to it differently because I think that it reminds them of their childhood. Whereas people here, like because in New England, like country music again, isn't as prominent I feel like people connect with it, but not as deeply as in mm. like down South. That's really interesting. It's such a weird thing. And it goes back to obviously that countryside song you wrote where it's like, um, cowboys aren't the only ones who like mountain mornings and setting suns. And your song really hammers home the point that I think a lot of people either forget or miss where country music isn't about a location. It's about like a perspective and an outlook on life that I think because even in the UK, people kind of get confused as to be like, I'm going to be a country artist, but then they just kind of ape American cliches and they don't try and create something new. While in the yeah. UK, we still have like actual countryside and we still have that type of lifestyle, but it gets kind of convoluted or mixed up around the, along the way. Yeah, because I definitely think that, yeah, people assume that country music comes from the united states like in nashville and that and it does it does but at mm. the same time like yeah there's a lot more to it than that and like you're saying it doesn't just matter on a location and i guess that's the biggest thing is for me like people when i lived in nashville everybody thought it was confusing that i sing country music because i am from new england and i do have an accent and so that was one of the main reasons why i wanted to write a song like countryside is because like i think people need to remember that we're all connected. And I guess this time has made us realize mm. that, but yeah, it's something that's easily forgotten.
but yeah, we're all connected. We all can relate to these, um, like states and states of mind. Like we've all experienced something that's made us feel like we're in the country. Like even if you don't live in the country and I just, again, like I'm just trying to figure out ways to bring people together Mm. in, in music, I guess. No, that's such a really important thing to do. And that's what music's meant to do is meant to unite people and bring everyone together. And that's why I think a lot of the reason people are missing live shows is to have that like communal experience of like a shared experience. So um, it's just a really strange one, but the, like the difference between States and things, have you noticed like trends happening at all? Like from when you were in Nashville six years ago to now, have you noticed how like country music has changed even in like the mainstream or anything? Um, in all honesty, I don't really listen to the radio that much mm. anymore. Like I used to listen to it all the time, but like I kind of stopped. So I don't really know what the trends are right now down there. And like, if I had, like, I mean, I went to Nashville last year around this time, I think was the last time I was there to record the record. But um, I feel like the trend in that, the again, the industry is it's probably going more in that pop direction like Mm. it has been but there are still artists like again chris stapleton and i'm sure there's other artists out there in like more of the mainstream country scene that are like going back to their traditional roots um but yeah i'm not really sure what the trends are i've like right now like i said i've just been trying to focus on like you know figuring out how to be happy and be present and be like more of a like a whole person i guess So that's what I've been mainly putting a lot of my focus on. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure about the trends right now, which is unfortunate. I guess I could listen to the radio more often, but we'll see what happens. It can kind of be a chicken or egg thing when you listen to the radio because it can be like, again, you'll kind of get into your own head of like, if this is popular, then should I be doing it? But then you lose your own voice. And it's always more important, I think, like John Prine said, to just blow up your TV and try and stay away from everything yeah and that's what I think kind of worked out for me in a sense like when I moved back to Rhode Island because like I felt like before I left Nashville I like kind of like I wrote that song 40 miles from Memphis and I like kind of knew what I wanted to like what my sound I wanted you know to um, put out to the world but then like yeah leaving Nashville because again like all of that's right very present there like the trends and everything but leaving that and just coming home and like doing what I want to do has helped me I feel like Mm. tremendously and I don't think that like the record that I put out or even the EP would have sounded the way it did if I hadn't left Nashville Mm. because I think it's a great place to learn but I don't know if it's a great place to stay because I think again you get oversaturated and you start to lose what your what your own values and what your own voice is saying. No, that's really interesting. One of the kind of things I wanted to ask was um I was talking to a guy on this podcast a while back and he's down in London, which is obviously the capital of England. And I was asking if it mattered being in London, because that's kind of like the hub of the creative things. Do you think that location like Nashville matters as much? Obviously, you've moved away, but for those people who are wanting to learn and get an experience, do you think locations still matter in that way? And even when people move to LA for things with you know technology being what it is now? I think that it's imp- like if you're starting out and you want to understand what you're getting into more then I definitely think that you should live in Nashville or one of those large cities for a period of time. But I wouldn't go there as thinking that if I go to Nashville or I go to LA or I go to wherever 
that that's going to make, make me because mm. I don't necessarily think that's going to make you. I think it'll teach you something. It'll teach you a lesson you probably need to learn, but I don't think that like, moving somewhere else is going to solve your problems or mm. again, like make you a big star. I think again, like it's about, about the journey. Yeah. Um, but again, I definitely, I would suggest that if you're a songwriter to try to go to Nashville for a period of time to learn like more about songwriting, cause you're like there, there's so many different writers that if you just go out to open mic nights and like watch and listen, you learn. Mm. So I definitely think that's important. And even like, in, again, in LA, that scene, but like, yeah, then I think it's probably important to like have time away and to have time to digest that experience as well. Oh, cool. Cause I feel like that's what ended up kind of happening to me. But again, I didn't, I didn't decide this life, life pushed me to mm. the places that I've went. Like I didn't just move home for that. I was pushed by life to go back home. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's really interesting. And with obviously you've like talked mm -hmm. about like being introspective and trying to find, your own happiness and stuff. Do you think being a songwriter and like the work you've been working on from your EPs to the new record has been helpful in you like contemplating yourself and almost analyzing your thought patterns? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely also like changed my perspective on writing songs and like what I want my messages to be because mm -hmm. I was writing songs before because I wanted to write songs that I thought that people liked or that people related to. But now I've been trying to write songs that like go even deeper. And like, sometimes I feel like I'm able to do it in a, like a good, like a fresh way. And sometimes it's just like, you know, how deep do you want to go type situation. So now it's also like just trying to figure out what I want to say. Mm. But yeah, it's just, it's all, it's all very um, introspective, again, even with writing the songs. And it's funny because I guess being a songwriter, you really study the culture. And I didn't, this was like all, this is kind of subconscious to me. Again, like when I was writing songs, I figured, oh, I should write songs because I want to be an artist. And I've noticed that artists that write their own songs are successful. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was the reason why I initially started writing songs. And that's hilarious and like, doesn't make, it's kind of crazy to say out loud. But then, yeah, like once I started writing songs, I realized how much I enjoyed it and how mm -hmm. much it like, it kind of sets your soul free when you write songs. Mm. Is there any song in particular that you remember writing that kind of was that click or that spark that made you realize that? Um, it probably was like when I, when I finally finished Countryside, I thought that that was like an achievement because that was one of the first songs I ever wrote that wasn't about like heartbreak, mm. but it was about life. And I always thought that writing songs about life were really hard. Cause it's easy to write songs about heartbreak, but it's not easy to write, write songs about life. And yeah. so I guess that's the thing. So like this record has songs about life and heartbreak on it. And I'm so didn't the EP, but then like I have even other songs now that I've been writing and I feel like they're more, all of them have been mainly about life. So it's just tricky. Cause I want to continue to have that balance. Mm. You know, you still need heartbreak. But, you know, there is, you know, it's just, again, always about finding that balance. Yeah, that's a really interesting so thing. I, I, yeah, like heartbreak is one of those things. It's just a constant well that people can, like, pull from. 
because I've seen people at open mics and stuff, and I've seen kids who are like 15, 16 get up and do like three songs about these horrendous relationships that ended badly. And I'm like, you're 16. How badly have you, like, what relationships have you had that have, like, that's obviously, <laughs> I, like, I don't know their personal lives, but it's like to me, like, a 16 year old to be singing three separate songs about, like, his heart being broken. I'm like, what the fuck happened to you, man? But yeah, those songs about life is the trickiest to kind of grasp. But Countryside, how long did that take you to write? You said you'd had, like, it took me a while. Some of them are weird. Some of them, like, I write right away. It's like, oh, wrote that song. Wow. That was an experience. Others, you write them, and it's like, there's stuff still missing. It's still not right. Countryside, I had that idea for years. I, like, try, showed it to people. Nothing. Then, like, finally, like, I had the verse melody come to me, so I, like, wrote, started writing the verses, and then I could not come up with the chorus melody to save my life. And then one day, you know, I'm sure it randomly it comes to you, like I'm driving somewhere and it comes to me. And then finally I, I could finish that song. But yeah, that, I couldn't finish that song for a while because it was the first song that I really wrote by myself about life. And it mm-hmm. was not, again, it was just different. It's a different process. It's a different, I guess it's a different view on, of, of your insides mm-hmm. or, and of the world. Yeah. So again, I think it's easier for people to focus on like heartbreak and because that's what like, if you turn the TV on, there's a lot of like, I guess this movie's about life and there's movies about heartbreak, but I don't know. I guess that's the first time that you really witness your heart getting broken. So it's a really big deal yeah. for people. So probably that 16 year old kid, he <laughs> never really had his heart broken. The poor kid got his heart broke. Damn. Wrote yeah. a lot of sad songs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's just, all of it's just very interesting. It really is. It's crazy. It's crazy how the mind works. It's crazy how life is. Mm. And that's the thing. I think like trying to realize that everything is okay the way it is and that you don't need to be perfect and that life doesn't need to be perfect for you to be happy is probably like these realizations are what lead to a more fuller life. And again, like saying all this stuff is easy to say, but doing it is a completely different story because I found in myself that I have these epiphanies and I feel like I'm doing good. And then all of a sudden something, I hit a pothole and everything changes. So it's like, yeah, I, I think it's just about, practicing what you preach Mm. and trying to like remember what's important to you because it's very easy to forget. And that's what I've been finding a lot out as well. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's weird. I think it definitely is like musicians because obviously you want to write honestly as much as possible, but you also want people to like it. So it's always that fine line of this. Where do I become this honest and this vulnerable but also give it enough of a melody or a popular sense that people will like like it and those kind of things where you have to like trade in and out can be really like not necessarily damaging but they can start like making you second guess yourself when you start writing songs yeah i don't know about you but i have periods where i write songs so like lately i haven't been writing anything but like i usually always have periods where i'll write like a bunch of songs and then i'll have like lulls Mm. and then i write a bunch of songs and then i have lulls and i don't know if that's how it is for you yeah it comes in like peaks and valleys for me like i'm in a valley at the moment i haven't written anything new at the moment i've got two verses of a song that i'm kind of 
strumming around at the moment, but it's also I'm kind of trying to be in the mindset where it's okay to be in that lull. Because if you start overthinking it, you start just like, like it's almost like a performance anxiety where you nothing will come out then no matter how hard you try. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I'm trying, I'm like balancing that line right now because like in the back of my mind, I get that thought. You haven't wrote a song in a while. You haven't wrote a song in a while, but it's also, like you said, I don't want to like force something Mm. and make it like traumatize myself. So I'm trying to just, I have a bunch of ideas and I, like you said, I have songs started that I need to tweak. But, like, I pick them up. I try to polish them. If it works out, cool. If it doesn't, put it back down. Because I don't – like, the other thing, I don't know if you do the same thing, but I have – if I have an idea that I really like, I'll write a song, and if I don't like it, I'll just throw the song away, but I keep the idea. And I keep writing – rewriting that idea until I get it the way I want it to be. Yeah, there's lots of different – I've got a few songs where, I like, the verse or, like, the chorus has, like, one line that was in an old song that I'd – thrown away and there's lots of stuff that you realize there's something there but it's not in that particular sense and i've written a load of lines and you just like you're trying to get like a square peg in a round hole for so long and then for the time being you're just like fuck it that'll do and then maybe two months or three years down the line you go oh shit it fits in this and you'll scrap that old thing and it just comes together weirdly in a different way yeah it's crazy <laughs> how things just end up working out. It's really strange. Yeah. But with the new record, how did you come about writing that? Was that written a lot during last year, during the like pandemic and stuff? Or was it like pre that way you had like the first ideas kicking around? Yeah. So this was like pre-pandemic. So we went in and recorded the record in January. So last January. Awesome. So it was done. So we, we got all the recording and everything done. So then it was just like the mixing and mastering process that happened during the pandemic, mm. which was also very interesting because that's another, yeah, I'm sure you've had that experience when doing that too, you get in your head. So yeah, oh, <laughs> that like, was fun. Like when Jesus. you get the raw files, like I haven't listened to my album since it came out in August because I listened to it so much on the Mr. Mixing Mastering <laughs> stages that I can't bear it but then i feel bad that i'm kind of promoting this record to people that i haven't listened to really since then but it's yeah like i stand by everything that happened in it but it's just yep. at the moment i need to take a break from actually listening. yeah yeah i had that same thing happen to me um i haven't put the record out yet so this is <laughs> <laughs> but i i mean so okay i had this period where i where i was really excited then i had a period where i hated it then I had a period where not hated it, but I didn't like the way like we like the how originally came out mastered because my vocals ended up being too loud. Mm. So then I had luckily my like friend, well, Ben, who was like one of the producers on it. But Ben like went back with me and I had Brian, who was also like an assistant producer on it. Um, like we just worked through it together and like went back and like fixed that. But until that was fixed, like I I didn't, I wasn't happy. So luckily I'm happy that that got fixed and now I can actually enjoy it again. Yeah. So I'm happy you didn't experience that. Cause that was a weird one. And then it's also like, you're in your head and it's like a decibel. It's like little decibels, but it makes a big difference. Like you don't think it does, but it really does. And that was just a very, very interesting process. But now, like I said, I can listen to the record and I'm like, I don't know. It always makes me feel good inside when I listen to mm-hmm. it. So I guess that's a positive thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to being able to 
put it on. But I remember the first mix I got of my record, like it was just so in the wrong direction that it made me question everything I'd ever written. And was like, have you ever seen Metalocalypse, the um, cartoon about? No. So, so there's, this, this. there's a cartoon about this uh, death metal band called Death Clock, and they're the biggest band in the world in this. Uh, like cartoon and they haven't put our record out for years to the point where there's riots and people oh, are burning boy. down stores and stuff and they'll record <laughs> the album and the singer will go it's not good enough and delete the whole thing and oh, it happens wow. throughout the entire series they don't put out this album because where they record it in a submarine they record it in a volcano like anywhere they can try and do it to make it sound brutal and every time he deletes it and I, like, I used to laugh at it, and then I did an album, and I was like, I 100% get why you just, like, hit the delete button on the yeah. first, like, playthrough. But it has to, like, breathe, and, like, records have, like, this weird second life after you've put them out. Because obviously you write them, you play them live, which gives it its own depth, and then you record it. And it there's, like, these three versions of the song floating around that you oh, yeah in down. Yeah. And then I don't know if this is how you feel, but like when I went to do the record last year, like I had this list of songs and like some of them that I felt like I knew were good songs, but some of them I felt like I'm like, does this song suck? Like, I have no idea if half of these songs suck, but like, I guess I'm just going to record them and hope they come out good. But luckily, again, they all came out the way that I mean... They came out better than I hoped they'd come out, which was very shocking too. Because again, like you go into the studio and usually that doesn't happen. But I was really surprised. Everything happens like it kind of fell into place. And like again, the only roadblock I hit was towards the end with mastering. But that was that was fun. Luckily, you know. Oh, that's that's really good. I cut two from the album that I did. I recorded eleven. I only put nine out. But with obviously you had your first EP in twenty fifteen, and then your second EP was twenty eighteen. Have they taken on lives of themselves since you've put them out? Like, have you looked back retrospectively on them much? Um, before I recorded the record, I would look back on the EP, but I haven't looked back on that original EP in a long time because it's just, it seems like you just turn the page. Like, I know it's set, like kind of sad to say, but you turn the page on certain things. Mm. So I, I'm happy that I got to do, do that first, just acoustic EP. That was a big first step for me. But um, yeah, obviously the, the, the latest EP, I feel like shows growth. Mm. And I feel like so does this record. And I, I'm sure that you've experienced that every time you go into the studio, you learn something and you get better. Yeah. And so I, I think that's why this record ended up working out better than the EP because I, you work with the same, I ended up working with similar people and we all learn from our mistakes and you just keep trying to get better. And yeah, usually you end up getting better. So that's interesting. Yeah. Awesome. And with this new record, is, is it a full length? Cause was it five or six tracks on? Yeah, it was yep five five for the EP. Um, for this one we did twelve songs. Oh, awesome! But um, some of them like so we a couple of the songs were actually recorded on that first EP, the the one with just the the guitar and vocal. We I because I when I put out this record, I wanted to make sure that Forty Miles from Memphis and the dad that daddy song. Um, was included on it because I felt like those were very good songs that I've had in my like my own little personal catalog for a long time and I felt like just putting out a guitar vocal didn't do them justice mm. so I included those two on the the um, CD or the record 
But yeah, like that was really interesting because the way 40 miles from Memphis came out was like crazy mm. because again, I'm used to, like you're saying, you have all these different versions of the same song. Like I've heard the same, these songs so many different ways. And then to like go into the studio for the record and do it. And it actually comes out like way better than you ever thought it would come out. It was like, this is crazy. Cause yeah, like now I feel like 40 miles from Memphis is one of my favorite songs again, mm. but for a while it kind of took a back seat cause they had newer songs that were like my favorite. Oh, but, um, but yeah, and I don't know if this is how you feel, but like, I also kind of feel like when you write certain songs and they're close to your heart that you, they kind of are like your kids. Yeah. So it's weird. Cause like you get to see how they grew up, like, holy shit, that song grew up like that. Wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think like when you start doing like gigs and stuff and then you'll like go from doing like your own, like solo shows, which can be like two, two plus hours. Then you get a support slot where it's 30 minutes and you realize you have to cut one of like those songs and it is like leaving one of your kids behind. It's like, I really want to fucking play that song, but I don't think it'll fit in this environment or this show. So it's like trying to keep those songs close, but also knowing when's the time to like play them or have them out is also like a weird one. Yeah, it is weird. Sometimes I just play the songs I want to play anyway. But then again, you know how it is because you got to go by what the crowd wants mm. while you're getting a mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. But with him, I think, I think the first song I heard of yours was Countryside and the second was Rhinestones, which has like a really strong kind of like message and almost a call to arms where it's like, what is country and that perception of people who are kind of not posing, but does they're battling that image versus substance. Was that something that you really like sat down to try and plan out? And what was the reaction to that song when you played it live? So I guess like being again, like going out there and playing your songs, you meet all sorts of people and kind of like what you realize is that a lot of people haven't taken the time to find their own voice and Mm. haven't taken the time to like figure out what they actually want their message to be. So they're just going along and they're like, just trying to ride the wave, like trying to, you know, like be like everybody else. And basically that's why I wanted, one of the reasons why I wanted to write rhinestones was because I just, I think it's cool to like be yourself and to stop, like not, not try to, pretend you know you're someone else i think that we all we've all went through that phase in our life like you know our childhood you have to discover who you are but when you become an adult i feel like it's better to just um focus on who you really are and like let go of trying to be someone else again because the trying to be someone else just creates more and more suffering for you Mm, yeah and so that's kind of like, again, like where that song, where Rhinestones came from, was that from that place of, and at the time I, maybe it was like, I was a little angry. I was a little angry because I felt like so many people were not being true to themselves. But now I look at it as like, kind of like, it's a sad thing to not, mm, yeah. to not be who you are. But I think that's important. I think mm. that's an important thing, thing in life is to trying to figure out who you really are. instead of settling for less and with that anger do you think that maybe or was it ever aimed at like you from like the audience or when you were playing because obviously you're a 
country singer from Rhode Island. That's not necessarily, you know, where people assume country music's from. And you obviously wear a Stetson and things. Did you have that kind of conversation with people where they were trying to, do you know like when people wear a metal band t-shirt and then yeah, 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 and yeah, says, yeah, they, they, name five that. songs yeah. from them? Yeah, I got, people would bust my balls. I remember I was like, uh, I was in like South Carolina playing at some bar and some guy was like busting my balls about how like, I was wearing a hat and how I was like singing country music and like whatever I have an accent and busting my balls. And I went up and I sang rhinestones and it felt good. Mm. But yeah, it's like, that's where all this stuff comes from is life experiences, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's also, again, it's weird. Cause I am like from new England and I, you know, I'm a little kind of like an outsider in a sense, but then again, we're not, I'm not an outsider, mm. you know, cause we're here. Yeah. If we're here, we're not where we belong here for a reason. We're here for a reason. So, yeah. but yeah, it's just, um, it's interesting again, like, cause I, when I play uh, rhinestones live, like my sister loves rhinestones. So if she comes to a show and I play rhinestones, she's like screams, hoots and hollers. <laughs> but a lot of people like that song. Cause I guess, again, people can relate to it. People can inward inwardly relate to it. They can recognize it in others. No, it's such yeah. like, and that's what I really enjoy about your songwriting is there's like a wit and a nuance to it that you really understand, especially with like Countryside and Rhinestone and even like Rodeo, where you know the kind of perspective you're coming from. And it applies to so many people, either from like one side of the fence or the other. Yeah, I think what I'm really just doing is I'm really just writing a song from my perspective. But the thing is, is that we all have similar perspectives. Mm. They may be different, but at the base, at the truth of them, they're all pretty much the same. And I, again, that's the thing that I've been like continuously trying to work on in myself because I noticed like inwardly, there's like this part of me that wants to always separate myself from the group and always be mm. separate. But then in the big picture, I'm not separate. I'm one with, with you know, whatever, one yeah. with everything. And so, yeah, when, when, again, when writing, it's like, I don't, I'm not thinking of that when I'm writing a song. I'm not thinking of, of like all these different people's perspectives and how they're going to relate to mine. I'm just trying to paint, paint my perspective in a way that's inviting and in a way that, I guess draws people in mm. and like that's the thing about songwriting is you need the hook yeah. and it's weird because it's like that the hook it has so many different like ways of looking at that in a, in a sense but yeah like again it's just meant to draw people in but I'm trying to draw people into a message that we can all relate to yeah no definitely I remember there was a phrase that stuck with me since like high school I can't remember who told me but it was um you are unique just like everybody else. That's cool. And it was that kind of juxtaposition where you're always striving for your own identity, but no one ever really strays that far from the head. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And it's also weird because we're all like, again, like we're all so similar, but we're all so different. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's so cool. And that's the other thing. Like, I don't know. I've also started looking at like people as just characters mm. and like how it's ex like how like not being able to meet people all the time and like 
coming into contact with new people all the time is something that I definitely took for granted. But it's like, I miss being out into the world and like meeting more characters. Mm. Because now I feel like I haven't been able to meet as many characters. Like luckily, like I'm working, so I get to meet characters at work. But it's just like fun. And I think that's like another part of life is like, you're gonna like who you meet, there's not another person like them. Like your mind might tell you that there is, but there isn't. That person is unique. You'll never meet another person like them. And so that's the thing. It's like, if you just start to change your perspective, like it does make life more, more exciting. So that's what I, you know, like, again, like, I guess I do and do subconsciously when writing songs, but yeah, it's like something I've been trying to work on now consciously. So it's all very interesting. No, it really isn't. I think, I don't know necessarily if like songwriters have an extra insight or it's just because you kind of use that muscle a bit more where you do have a thought and you then you go well why did i just think that and then you kind of like pull the thought down and you're like what led to this and you start connecting also i don't know if songwriters or maybe you know poets or whatever they pull down these thoughts and concepts or picking them apart Yeah, that's very interesting because I find myself doing that a lot. Like I'll be all of a sudden I'll be doing something like, you know how it works. You'll be like making breakfast and then you're like thinking about high school and it's then, but like I do what you do all of a sudden I'm like, why am I thinking about high school? And then I go back and I trace what triggered that, that thought. But like you're saying, maybe that is like what makes songwriters because we're taking a second to pause and see where that thought actually came from. And then like, it just makes you, I think that if you're a songwriter, like you really do like feel things and you really do look at things. Maybe you're just paying a little more attention than others are. Mm. But I guess like, yeah, if you're like, if you're able to write songs, usually you're just like feeling emotions, maybe a little bit, you're going into them and you're looking at things a little bit more than again, like the most, most people would but that was a really cool like like thing that you said (laughs) that was cool i I never thought of that like that before yeah i just occasionally i like catch myself thinking about stupid shit and i like my girlfriend's always like what are you laughing at and i'll like the last one i had was we were like nodding off in bed and i think i figured out where the term bees knees comes from (laughs) because i was i was just pulling it apart in my head to be like where the fuck did that phrase the bees and he's come from and i was like did someone say business wrong and then expand it wow yeah that's always interesting too (laughs) (laughs) jeez yeah but again it's when you start pulling apart them thoughts and stuff it's just it makes stuff like it's interesting and it's fun but it's also good for like reflection and stuff to be like what am i thinking and then it's you tune into your personality a bit more to be like, well, why did I think that it's because of X? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's just, again, about looking at things more deeply is what it seems to be. And like, yeah, trying to figure it out. Cause I definitely, I, that's, I have to stop myself with analyzing things because <laughs> I analyze things like to the death. And it's like, I've been trying to like put a pause on that. Cause it just, you can go down, down, down into the rabbit hole. Yeah. And with kind of like analyzing and lyrics and things, are there any, like, obviously Rhode Island's like Lovecraft and stuff. Are there any like literary influences on you or any poets that like really resonate with you or you've come across that have influenced your work outside of, you know, musical 
or music like lyricists um honestly the only thing that i really do in my spare time is like sometimes when i like if i read books randomly like i find that that whatever book i'm reading will influence mm. like something that i'm writing or but even more on like if i'm like if i watched a movie or i watched like a documentary or i watched like a show that made me feel something inside mm. like maybe inspired me or something then that's where i can draw some creativity from but i haven't taken like i haven't spent a lot of time reading poetry probably since like high school so i don't know if that's maybe i should i could start doing that again um but yeah honestly i've just been trying to focus on like being like in nature more and then just trying to spend time like meditating and mm. like so when i'm like driving to work like i said i kind of took away listening to i know this is like sad but it's been helping me like i've taken away listening to music driving to work and like from work and i've just replaced it with listening to like pod like positive podcast like podcasts that i think are like feeding feeding my mind mm. and full with wisdom um just because i feel like if i don't do that i end up like falling asleep again or i just get like distracted by like unnecessary things so like i think for this period of my life like that's what i've been really focusing on um but during the time of the state of when like all those songs were written uh, for this last record, again, it was basically based on like anything that I come in contact in terms of, of like probably uh, television. And then again, like reading mm. and experiences, but that's the other thing too. Like, since I haven't been playing live that much, I feel like that's also been a reason why I haven't like had so many um, stories to tell. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like usually like, playing live, you know, it's like, dude, yeah. it's fun. And, and you get sick. That's the thing. I was getting burnt out. And I like looking back, I was like burnt out and stuff. But it's like, I don't want to take it for granted again when it comes back. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's one of those things where it is you kind of forget that the interactions with people is kind of like the fuel. But it's also without the reason to play live, you kind of forget like there's no agency to write a song. Because yeah. it's not like you can like, you can put it online and you can like live stream it, but it's not the same immediacy of like, I've just written this new song. I'm going to go out and play it live. So yeah. that like motivation's been like knocked out for like the next like year or so. Yeah, that's, it's just been shitty. And then again, like not meeting like new people and not like put like, cause that's the other thing I've noticed. It's like, when you're playing live all the time, you're pushing yourself, you're facing your fears, you're overcoming them. And they don't mean like, it doesn't have as much control over you. But when you're like not doing that, when you're not pushing yourself, cause like we push ourselves in a different way now, but it's like, I miss facing my fear and like mm. going on stage, even when I'm nervous, you know, like yeah. I, it's funny that I said that I miss it, but I really do because it just gets, I feel like I'm starting to, I feel like you start to get stale and it's mm. like, I just want to keep growing, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. No, definitely. I did a live show December 18th and that was the last show I played. And before that it was like October and that's going from like, I think I did four. How many, I think I may have done just under 20 shows in 2020. Yeah. Going from like, you know, well more in the previous years. And it's that, that stale is like a fear. That even if you're live streaming and stuff, that nervousness of getting up in front of a crowd of people is something that you really need as a songwriter and an artist to just kind of like keep it sharp and keep everything. Yeah. Wraps. 
Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I, because then also, like, I'm afraid, like, I need to practice and I haven't been practicing as much as I would have. And I feel like you're saying, like, I am afraid to get on stage again, but I'm going to make myself do it. And, but I got to play like this summer, but yeah, it was like, the other thing too, like about it is when you're playing all the time, that, that fear that comes up, you're used to it. So it mm -hmm. doesn't really affect you. But like when you haven't played in a long time, that fear that usually you just like, oh, here you are. You're like, holy shit, you're here. <laughs> like, it, and it's, it's like more intense and more intimidating. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll all have to face that when the time comes, but I'm hoping again, so I'm hoping that we can play live sometime in the spring. I'm not really into the live shows online. Like I always have issues with like it coming through, right? Mm. People can't hear this. People can't hear that. So it's just been like, I haven't really done it like at yeah. all. I'm just not super into it. Yeah. I've done a couple of writers rounds, which are weird for like some UK country groups. And I've doing, I've, I've done a live stream for like my three month anniversary of my record i'm doing one for my sixth month in february but i'm trying to keep it few and far between because you can't make it any more exciting than a live show so it's trying to capture those things i remember the first live stream i did when lockdown happened was in my girlfriend she collects a load of like horror figures so we've got mm -hmm. life-size chucky dolls around the house oh that's cool <laughs> so i made an audience of all the different like teddies and chucky figures and stuff and i made that so that was like I, I did have an audience to play with and it was just something for me that was like interesting to do, but there's only so yeah. many times you can perform with, you know, Chucky staring you dead in the eyes. Yeah. 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 That's cool though. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. But yeah, it's just not the same. Like you don't get that like rush. Yeah. You don't feel like that excitement. Um, even like practicing by yourself. I've noticed like if I practice with like someone else, it feels better. Mm. It feels like more alive. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure like all of this, I know like it's shitty and it sucks, but I feel like it's all going to make us better and stronger and it's going to help wake us all up. And I think that like, yeah, like last night I watched freaking Social Dilemma, which was weird. But at the same time, it's like we, we've, we can figure all this out. And I, I don't feel like, you know, yeah, like there's no hope. Like I think that again, like suffering and going through hard times, I'm sure that you can relate to this. It's always made me better and stronger, yeah. even though I bitch and complain about it. <laughs> Yeah. trying to get rid of that but you know yeah that's the thing and i think there's a lot of you know principles where satisfaction and contentment are kind of the enemy of the human condition because you do want to be striving and you do want to get better and if you do have a passion or a dream achieving it is probably the worst thing you could ever do for that dream to have adversity and people trying to slam a door in your face is always going to keep you pushed and getting better with when you finally achieve or get close enough to that goal, it's well earned and you have the talent or skill to be able to back it up for when you do eventually succeed and whatever those succeed parameters are. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Cause yeah, if it wasn't, if it's not for like you're saying, if like you don't have to recreate yourself or make the effort to get better like yeah you just don't you stay set like stale mm. but um i feel like this time like again we haven't been able to play live but I, I like i was saying i feel like a lot of people have been having to like look more inwardly mm. but i end up i i do like believe that if you can work on healing like your inner relationship with yourself that it does affect like your world mm. 
So I think that's what a lot of people have been doing. And I think that it's pretty cool that we're all like forced to do it in a sense. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of like self-reflection and things. And I think one of the good things, especially in terms of like a political sense or a global sense is a lot of people are realizing that a lot of people aren't saving their best in like intentions, whether it's through like work or politics or whatever. And a lot of people, especially like the younger generations are realizing like, we don't actually deserve this. We deserve better. And people are starting to like push for it more. And that's coming from a, like a place of, you know, reflection and realizing nothing has to be stale or set in stone. Yeah. And I think that's really like cool, actually, you know, it's cool that we can like reflect and make changes. Mm. No, definitely. But um, we're coming up to the hour mark and I don't want to keep it too yep. long for the rest of your day but you so you have the record coming out may 7th was in as yep. single in february was it the same like uh, musicians from your previous ep that are on this record as well and are they your back and band when you eventually get to tour and stuff um i don't know what the heck's gonna happen with my backing band in the perfect world i'd love to have these guys be my backing band um but i did change some of the musicians around um for the record i stuck with the same drummer john i really like enjoyed working with him and i Mm. thought he was like i don't know he like blew me away so i just like reached out to him and asked for his recommendations and so he just gave me um some people to reach out to and like i was just yeah they were just local players in nashville i believe that they some of them tour with like um popular musicians But it was great uh, working with them. And that's the thing, like when we go into the studio and I worked with a producer this time too. So I worked with a local musician, his name's Tyler James Kelly. And he was like the main producer on the record. And he like sat down with us before we went to the studio, uh, me and Brian, because we usually just play together for shows. Mm. And we like would just sit down like every Monday for like a couple of months. And we would just like polish the songs and work on them. Um, and went into the studio with like being well practiced with that aspect mm. and having more of a direction. Um, so doing that really, really helped compared to like when I did the EP, like we didn't take that much time with the songs and like we, you yeah. know, look at them and like change them around. So we did that. And then, yeah, going in the studio, we, we stuck with John and we got a couple other uh, musicians. I just don't know their last names, <laughs> but the bass player, Alec, Alec Newman. But he's uh, played bass. And then um, Eddie, I think his last name's Lang, but he played steel guitar and he's like ridiculous. And then Micah, I don't know his last name, but I think he plays with Margo Price sometimes, but he played like keys. And so that came out really good. And then we have this uh, friend, his name's Josh. He played percussion. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, Tyler played acoustic guitar and he played a little bit of electric, but then Brian, Brian McKinnon, he usually plays with me. He, uh, played electric, but yeah, it was cool. And again, Mm. like just getting people in a group, in a group and in a room and just letting them do what they do best is basically Mm. like the whole, how like we approach. Yeah. So that's like your, cause obviously you have like your voice and guitar and then do you take it to the guys and they start adding things like so you don't have a set idea really for like a melody from a certain instrument or like anything that goes in addition and it's just so yeah 
so how like what we do is so for some of the songs it'll be like that so like before we get into the studio i'll send them like i'll have the structure of the song down and i'll send them like just a guitar vocal of me singing it and send it to them so then they can like write their own charts mm. if they want i'll have my own charts ready but usually they like to write their own charts and then when, the way that we record it is we usually do um bass drums and acoustic guitar and i'll do a scratch vocal that way we get the rhythm section mm. down and then we'll have like the other the more elaborate people come in and uh do their stuff another day so we'll focus on getting like the foundation of the tracks first and then we go from there um but yeah it ends up working out because again like if you get musicians that know each other and are familiar with playing with each other it mm. sounds like they've been playing with each other forever because they're used to playing with each other so that's why like i feel like if you just get a group of guys that are talented in a room together it ends up working out and again, we had some direction, like certain tracks, we had licks already like mm. charted out for those songs, but then other tracks we didn't. So we would take, you know, like advice from other musicians. If they said, oh, I have this idea, we would, you know, go with that. Or maybe, yeah. you know, we try something different. But again, I just think being open in the studio is really important. And I'm sure you can relate to that. Yeah, too. definitely. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm so hyped to listen to it. I'm a massive fan of what you've filed before then have you toured the uk or europe before have you had it over here no i wanted to um but then i i wanted to and i tried to like find a promoter and i couldn't at the time so then i was like you know what i'm just gonna suck it up play my butt off in new england try to save as much money because at the mm. time i was working on saving money for the record and ended up doing that but yeah i'm hoping i can come visit you guys because i think it would be a fun time yeah <laughs> amazing well i really hope that you get over here i can't wait for uh, your record to come out i'll let you go for the rest of the day but i'm really i love this talk thank you so much for being on and stuff and i'll let you go for the rest of the day yeah thanks a lot mike i really appreciate it so yeah. thank you oh thank you so much and there we have it guys that's episode 24 of into the van into the bag now if my maths is right you know it's two episodes a month 24 so that's we did a year of podcasts but my podcast started in march so i think the next podcast will be the year anniversary i'm not too sure but you know 24 podcasts is fucking brilliant thank you so much for sticking by me for all this i really hope you've enjoyed the guests i know i have because i do this for me at the end of the day everything i do you know music comics podcasting whatever if i don't enjoy it i won't do it and that is a stubborn you know detriment to me sometimes where it's just i will chop my nose off to spite my face and Sometimes it's a really good thing because I know that whatever I do or I do put my mind to and I really give a shit about, you know, I really give a shit about it. So I'll put my all into it. I always find the fun in it. And having people like Charlie Marie on to have these deep conversations about, you know, life and your outlooks and perspectives and then turn it into songwriting and music is a really fun talk. And it's something that really, you know, brightens my day, gives me something to think about. And it, you know, it makes me you know, more perceptive to things. It makes me a better person to have these conversations with different people. And these 24 guests I've had on have been so fucking good and they've taught me so much and I'm really glad you're along for the ride. So until next time, guys, stay safe. Peace.